0: Let's go, the Buccos. Hot as hell. I feel like death. Allergies be killing me. I mow the lawn. Nose gets all stuffed. Sneezes, sniffles, coughing. Then it goes away. Then my grass is long again. I gotta take meds. Colin told me I gotta take some Claritin. Perhaps I do. But nothing gonna break up my stride today, baby. With the Pirates playing the way that they are, 16-7. and seven. Who's the best team in the National League? That'd be your Pittsburgh Pirates. Ain't nothing going to break up my stride. Ain't nothing going to hold me down. Oh no, you got to keep on moving. How about it? How about it? It's a Monday. NFL draft on Thursday. That excites people in this town. But nothing has captured the hearts and minds quite like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Early morning show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84Lumber.com. It is Adam Crowley. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. You can hit me on the text line. 412-928-9370. And, of course, on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. What's not to like? I saw Jeff Passan or... Jeff Passon, whatever the hell his name is, the guy from ESPN. He, of course, had to put a whole bunch of qualifiers in there on the Pirates and the success they've had this year. Here's his tweet. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 16-7. They've won seven consecutive games with a run differential of 45-15. Yes, those games were against Colorado and Cincinnati. They're still victories. And while this may not be sustainable, they have the third best record in baseball right now. It's a short tweet with two qualifiers. Yes, those games were against Colorado and Cincinnati. You know what they used to do? And by used to do, I mean last year? Lose to Colorado and Cincinnati. And then he goes, while this may not be sustainable, I don't need to hear that. Who needs to hear that right now? Why do we give a rip? Not sustainable. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. I mean, I don't think they're going to win 110 games or whatever it is they're on pace for. That is not sustainable. But you tell me, when you watch these Pirates take the field, and every time out they're throwing a quality starter at you, why can't they keep this up to an extent? I talked a lot of junk on Rich Hill after his first two starts because they weren't good. And he's lobbing the ball up there at 63 miles an hour. So it didn't look good. You know, it's one thing to struggle, it's another thing to struggle, and you're throwing 88 mile an hour fastballs. There's just a look to it that uh, worries you. But Rich Hill last year had a 427 ERA. He was a trade deadline acquisition the year before that and had an ERA under four. And it's become clear to me in watching him that that makes sense. Rich Hill knows how to pitch. He's not going to go five innings and give up one earned run every time out. There's going to be bumps in the road. But if Rich Hill is your fifth starter, I think you're feeling okay. And it looks like Vince Velocity, Vinny Vasquez, is this year's Tyler Anderson. He's this year's Jose Quintana, a guy that knows how to pitch, who's got, in his case, good stuff. And Marine has done a nice job with him. And he mentioned that after the game, that the Pirates pitching coach has really helped him believe in his stuff. And you could see it yesterday as you had Cincinnati Reds not chasing so much as swinging through hard breaking balls that were in the zone. That means you got pretty good stuff. And he's had some success in the majors before, albeit inconsistently. If those are your two worst starters, you're in a good spot, I think. And again, I don't think Vinny Velasquez every time out is going to go seven innings and strike out 10 dudes, but he's going to give you a chance. Tonight you got, or tomorrow, excuse me, you got Oviedo on the mound. He's got an ERA sitting around two because he's got great stuff. Ronzi Contreras has picked up where he left off last year. And Mitch Keller looks every bit as good as Mitch Keller was supposed to look when they drafted him. So you tell me, with this rotation, why the Pirates can't continue to be competitive all summer long. 412-928-9370 is the number, again on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. The Pirates have given Derek Shelton a contract, and a week ago, I was not okay with that. I said, what's the harm in waiting until the end of the year to give this guy a contract? But the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. And as time goes by and as information changes, it's okay if your opinion changes too. I can't stand when people get married to opinion and they don't let circumstances change that opinion. Now, you don't want to be a flip-flopper you don't want to one day say one thing, next day the other thing, next day the other thing, next day Yeah, You don't want to be that guy. But I think with some thought, a little pinch of nuance, it's okay to change your mind on things. When I said that the Pirates should not give Derek Shelton a contract until the end of the year, what were the Pirates, 9 and 7? They were okay. They were a little bit above 500. And it was nice. It felt good. It was a good story. Well, now the Pirates are in the throngs of their longest winning streak since 2018. You don't have JT Brubaker. You don't have O'Neill Cruz. You don't have a lefty in the bullpen. G-Man Choi was supposed to be part of a good first base platoon. You don't have him. And yet, here you are with the best record in the National League. I still think that Ben Sherrington and the brain trust within the Pirates organization probably aren't buying in hook, line, and sinker just yet. They've always earmarked this year as one where a step forward was going to be taken. But I think, come on, truth serum would let you know they didn't believe that they'd be this good and they still probably don't think they're going to be this good over the full course of the summer. So what if the Pirates collapsed like 11 or 12? I mean, that's a possibility, right? When those teams got off to their starts, they did so... Longer than this. I mean, we're talking about the Pirates were in first place in June in 2011, and then I think went 4-24 and 24 down the stretch. That, I don't think, is going to happen with this team, because I've already told you about the starting rotation, but you can't rule anything out. And if that's what they kind of thought this year was going to be, why would you give Derek Shelton the contract at the end of the year if things do fall apart? Then it looks bad. You give it to him now, no one's going to question that. People are riding high on the Pittsburgh Pirates. You believe in your plan. You believe in your rebuild. You believe in the direction of this ball club. So give it to him now when times are high, when public opinion is through the roof. And, well, you don't have to do it at the end of the year if things should fall apart at that point. How about this Maggi guy gets called up? Emotions. He was all excited put his head in his hands in his double-A Altoona locker room. He's all cut up, this guy, good shape, 33-year-old, career minor leaguer, 1,500 games. But isn't it a good thing that he didn't get immediately put in the lineup? Clint Hurdle used to do that all the time, particularly before the Pirates got good-good. Some guy would get called up, dude get hurt, call a guy up, put him right in the lineup. No, the Pirates got something special going right now. And you don't want to screw it up with a guy who's a career minor leaguer. The best case scenario would have been had the Pirates absolutely demolished the Reds yesterday like they did to Colorado, and then you could have put Maggi in. You're up like 12 nothing. give that guy his token at bat. A great story nonetheless, but I do think it's encouraging that Derek Shelton didn't say, oh, this guy, great story, let's put him right in the lineup. Now that shows growth. Where are you now on the Pittsburgh Pirates? Have you changed your tune on the prediction that you had coming into the year? I had them winning 78 games. They're on pace for 110. Let's say they split the difference. Got this text. Do you have bucko fever yet? I have bucko sniffles. I mean, I'm enjoying every last moment of this, but here's something I said yesterday on the Sunday show while I am wrapped up in all the vibes and the feels, that's what the kids say these days, while I'm enjoying the ride, we're at the apex of this roller coaster right now, I came into the year saying if it wound up being like 11 or 12, where they tantalize us and then fall off at the end of the season, I would sign up for that. And even right now, while it's not the ideal outcome, certainly, I'm not going to move off that spot. Because this was never supposed to be the year. Next year. The year after. Those are supposed to be the quote-unquote years. And so I'm excited about the Pirates now. But I'm real excited about what the future holds. And I know that Andy Rodriguez, he's got to get evaluated. He's got some forearm stuff. You hope that that's not serious, but doesn't sound good. But... Let's say he's healthy. Let's say this is a minor bump in the road. You could see him at some point up this year. You could see he's been up and down, but you could see Quinn Priester at some point this year. You could see Luis Ortiz at some point this year. Certainly you would see those guys next year. Nick Gonzalez. You've got a bunch of dudes who are going to get folded into this thing over the course of this summer or going into next year. And I think the future is very bright for these pirates. So sniffles now, but that full-ass fever, baby, fever of 104, it's coming. I am not going to be happy if things fall apart, but I'm not going to be dismayed because I do see that there's more coming up on the horizon. Someone tweeted, anus. That's not nice. There's still one thing that needs to happen here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we haven't talked about it much lately. It's kind of gotten quiet. Well, I'm bringing it back up next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Buckos are hot, hot, hot. Seven straight victories, four in a row against Cincinnati. And the naysayers will say, who have you played? Well, you play who's on your friggin' schedule. 16 up, 7 down is 16 up, 7 down. I don't care who you play. And it's not like the Pirates didn't go on the road to St. Louis. I realize the Cardinals ain't themselves just yet. Maybe they won't become themselves, but you go into St. Louis, you split that series, and it felt like a disappointment. That'll tell you everything you need to know about where these Pirates are. So I don't want to hear the schedule, yada, yada. They got an interesting nine games ahead of them. They'll take on the Dodgers for three, and then you got Washington. They're no good. But then you go on the road and a potential World Series preview with the Pirates against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have won 19 games and have dropped just three. I don't know if a nine-game portion of your schedule is telling. I don't know how much you want to take from it, but... If they go 5-4, and I think you're okay with that. Like If they could win two out of three against Los Angeles and then take two out of three from Washington before going on the road to Tampa, if you could find a way then to win one of those two games. I mean, they've only lost three times all year. You take one of those games, I think you're okay with it, so long as the two series that precede it go well. I think you're not going to complain about that. And I don't think I'm greedy asking for a series win against these Dodgers. It's not and you've heard this before. It's not about who you play. It's when you play them. And the Dodgers have gotten off by their standards to a slow start. Right now, today, the way the Pirates are playing, the way that the Dodgers are playing, today the Pirates are the better baseball team. And you got them at home. And I think actually the pitching matchups sort of go in your favor in this series. I'd like to see them take two out of three. Let's go to Danny in Highland Park. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Good, Adam? Bro. um <laughs> Uh, it's weird, man. This was on my mind uh before you know uh you even came on the air today and it's it's people throwing shots at the Buckos, whether they're Pittsburgh or national um about you know who they played first of all, Cincinnati's pitching is really good. it might be better than the Buckos pitching. Eh. they got some great arms over there and I don't care who you are. You could put the Dodgers have them have them go against Colorado and Cincinnati. I bet you they don't go seven and zero. That's not easy to do for any team. Well, to I'm your point, Colorado, Colorado went on the road and lost a and, and excuse me, beat Philadelphia the day after right. the Pirates right. put up thirty three right. runs on them in a three game series. It's baseball. Like just because you're right. better than a team doesn't mean you're going to win every game against them. No, you're right, right about I'm that. Just, Yeah, I'm just tired of the shots, you know, and then as soon as the Buccos leaves three in a row, they're all going to come out and say, oh, I told you so, I told you so. All teams are going to go on losing streaks. There's 160 games, 62 games, it's crazy. And here's the thing about it, and thank you so much for the call, Danny. Love whenever you ring us up here in the morning to talk a little Bucco baseball. Before the year, if you would have asked me for a goal, not a season win-loss total, but just something that could be a mile marker along the way, I would have told you, can you find a way to win series against bad teams? I mean, if you'll remember all the way back to the opening series, the Pirates lost two out of three to Cincinnati, and I opened up the microphone the next day and I said, that ain't good. That ain't good. Not when Ben Sherrington comes out and says, this is the year we're going to take a step forward in our win-loss total. Losing two out of three to the team that should be in the basement of the NL Central, it didn't feel good. And I thought that I was right to take them to task for that. Because, yeah, it's the opening series of the year. And, yeah, it is baseball, a big sample size sport. But the first thing I wanted to see out of this team this year was beat bad teams so that you show that you're no longer one of these bad teams. And now what have they done? They kicked the living hell out of Colorado. Those games were not close. They were down 3 to nothing in game two. They came back to win 5-3. to But the other two, they went 14-3. to Now they sweep Cincinnati. The bats were quiet, but the starting pitching was good. That's the mark of a good team. And if you don't want to go that far, when you beat the snot and you win seven games in a row against bad teams, I'll tell you what they aren't they ain't a bad team. And it's okay to look at your preseason predictions and what you thought you knew about this team and still evaluate based on that too. You know, don't you don't have to get caught oh, they're 16 and 7. You can still take it one series at a time. You can still take it and look at those smaller goals and see if they're achieving them. Anthony in Oakland. What up, brother? You know, I, I I was like you. I looked at what happened in Cincinnati early in the season. I said, wait a minute, this that little band box up there, like old Crosby Field, <laughs> the Pirates should have been blasting them. But something happened the next series where I think the manager may have played a part and said, you know, they disrespected you guys last year. They called you a hodgepodge of nothingness. <laughs> Let's do something about it. I think that – and some confidence in these, in his bunch. I think that this team, Anthony, and and, and who knows, tangible, intangible, whatever, they thought they were good all year long. I mean, they thought they were good when they got into spring training and McCutcheon's there and Santana's there now and G-Man Choi and Rich Hill. Those guys came in here and they set the tone, hey, listen, we expect to win. And the Young Bucks, talented as they are, they said, you know what, why not? And it's a lot of fun whenever you're winning. And so there will be at some point uh, a streak of adversity. How do they handle it then? But the clubhouse feel is such that they think they're good. And so I don't think they were surprised that they swept Boston. I don't think they're surprised by their results at all. The team. Now, management, probably a little surprised. But the team believes. Intangible, whatever. Is this something you only assign to a team that's winning? Maybe. But I think they've got a different feel. And I think that the people that I trust who are close to this team said that they had that feel in spring training too. So they don't believe that this is a fluke. And I like that about them. They're the Pittsburgh Pirates and they're here to play. And here to stay. 412-928-9370 on Twitter. At underscore Adam Crowley. Got this on the text line. Pitching matchups for the Dodgers series can't help but think a sweep is coming, not to mention the Buckos took five of six from them last year. Yeah, the Pirates were annoying to the Dodgers last year. They swept them out in L.A. last season. Remember, that was the Bucko fever time last year. Man, if they swept the Dodgers, that'd be wild. I'll settle. How about that? I'll settle for two out of three. You ever go on Facebook and <laughs> it pops up in your feed, someone that eh, didn't find all that attractive in high school has had quite the glow up? That ah, just happened to me, yeah, scrolling through Facebook and bang, you do you, glow up, that's kind of what's going on with the Pittsburgh Pirates right now too, bang, transition, let's go to Matt, he's up next on the early morning show, what's up buddy? Hey Crowley, I got a question. Do uh-huh. you think with some cuts kind of me coming back and being like a locker room leader type mentor role, with him going through what happened in 11 and 12, you think there's anything he could do to help kind of maybe curb a long term like team getting down on itself, like losing streaks? Like he lived through that. Like he remembers. <laughs> I think the oh. way that you survive in the way that you don't have those long losing streaks, and thank you for the call, Matt, is you just, you got to pitch well. And if you look back at those 2011 Pirates, the pitching was good for a while and then it fell off, but it wasn't necessarily a surprise that it did. Right now, I would be surprised if the Pirates pitching fell off. Now, the league is going to punch back on a guy like Johan Oviedo, but... He's got great stuff, so he should be able to punch back to the punchback. Rowanze Contreras, I mean, the league's now seen him for a year. I think he is what he is, and what he is is good. Uh, Mitch Keller is what he is, and I think now what he is is good. So I don't think that the Pirates are going to fall flat on their face. Like You might see him play 500 or right around 500 or slightly under 500 ball and Maybe they'll lose a series here and there to some really good teams. Okay, that'll happen. I don't think you're ever going to see that four and twenty-four stretch like we saw now in 2011 and 2012. I just I don't think that's going to happen. Like if this team finishes the season under 500, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's gradual. I don't think they're just going to fall off a cliff. Now, the intangible stuff, the leadership, it's tough for me to quantify, as I talked about in the last segment, but yeah, I mean, McCutcheon's going to help them keep their heads high. Uh, he knows it's a long season, and I'd have to go back and look at those 2011 Bucks, but I don't know that they had that strong veteran leadership. You had Derek Lee come in late, you had Ryan Ludwig come in late, but at that point, the Pirates were already starting kind of their tailspin. I don't know. Time will tell. And a lot of times those things are assigned after the fact. Here's the thing about McCutcheon, though. You want to talk about his on field mentorship, his leadership, what he's brought to the organization. That's all well and good. And that's real. I mean, ask any of those guys down there to a man, they'll tell you that's real. But here's what's real. Err. He got an 888 OPS. He got four homers. He's driving in runs. He's playing good defense when he does get out there into the field. They didn't just bring in a rah rah boom bah guy who's going to get up on his soapbox in the Pirates' locker room. No, they got a player. And it means a hell of a lot more coming from a player. No question about that. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Spring is here. Silverado's Colorado's back in stock with a great selection. Stop in and online, sunchevy.com. Cloudy with highs in the upper 40s. I am interested to see what the attendance looks like for this Dodgers series. I like that the Pirates are not playing on Thursday night. They're playing on Thursday during the day. Why that matters is because the NFL draft is at night. The weather's supposed to turn. And be a little bit nicer. Starting later in the week. So maybe a 1235 Thursday first pitch. Maybe you'll see a nice little walk up crowd there. With the sun shining and the highs in the 60s. What I have noticed. Anecdotally as it may be. These crowds, while they have not been huge, it does seem like they're hanging on every pitch. It seems like good baseball crowd. At least that's the way it's coming through on TV. I only attended the opener, and that's going to be a great atmosphere, and it certainly was this time around with Andrew McCutcheon coming back and the team going off to that 5-2 and two start. But it does seem 14,000, 15,000 people there, they're all there to see the team. And they're making noise at the appropriate moments. And that might sound silly, but it ain't always been that way here. There's a pierogi race. There's fireworks. There's a giveaway. You're bringing your family because you want a nice night out with your family. And there's nothing wrong with that. But anecdotally to me, the crowds, when they've done the shots on TV and the sound of the crowd, it seems like there's a young crowd and an enthusiastic crowd. You see the Jolly Rogers. You see the people are wearing their black even still to these games. So while the crowds haven't been huge, I have thought that the crowds have been good that they've been invested, that they are Pirates fans. And I do dig that. And as the summer goes on, the better this team plays, you're only going to see the sizes of those crowds swell up bigger and bigger. At this point, you've built your record now to nine games over. You're only 23 games into this thing. But if you can continue to capitalize on this great start, Again, you got the Dodgers, but they're at home. You got good pitching matchups in your favor. You got a bad Washington team coming in. These next six games, if you can bump that up to 10, 11 games over 500, then after you get out of Tampa, you've got another couple teams that you are right now better than. You can beef that up. I don't want to get too greedy here, but if you can beef it up, you're 13 games above 500, something like that, after the next 12, 15 games. You're going to be in it all summer. Last year, the wild card team in the NL, the Phillies, what they went 87 games, won that went in the world, they going to the World Series because they got hot at the right time. But if you're a near 500 team, you're sniffing around that wildcard. So if you can beef up your record now while you're playing well, even if you start hitting some ebbs and flows, and even if you start playing not as good a baseball, and you start bringing that number down closer to 500, you've built up equity, and you're still going to be in this thing. That's what's exciting about this. I mean, there's a lot of things that are exciting about this. But you keep building here while you're hot. You're going to be in it all summer. And that's what baseball wants. There's no salary cap. There's no salary floor. But they're trying to artificially keep markets invested By adding those extra wild card teams. And if you're the Pirates and you take advantage of now. You're going to be sniffing around it for a long time.